square fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Welcome, friends, to the Gone to the Dogs podcast. Steve Fielder here with you one more time. Today, we have some hot news, some big news. We always try to bring you the biggest personalities, the biggest stories in coon hunting when we can. And uh, I was able to catch up with the owner and the handler of the recent uh, 2023 PKC National Champion. And uh, we've got two interviews here for you today. Uh, We're going to start with the owner of the dog, Wipeout Farmer, and then we'll, uh, in a separate interview, talk to the handler. In this first interview, we're going to join the conversation with Eric Henry, kind of in midstream as he talks about how his cousin got him involved in coon hunting. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, here we go. Uh, Named Todd Malloy, and uh, he was a couple years older than me, two or three years older than me, and uh, he hit me up one night and asked if I wanted to go coon hunting. I remember like yesterday, I was over playing basketball, and he pulled up and said, hey, I'm going coon hunting tonight. You want to go? And I thought, sure. You know, I'd never been something different. So uh, we went. He was trying to dog out from a guy, and we didn't do a thing. The dog run run junk all night long and this, that, and the other. And we just had a blast, though, you know. <laughs> next thing you know, next thing you know, I start going. I went with him a few more times, and there was a few buddies I had in school that had dogs. But they were no count either, but I didn't know. No difference. And uh, I finally get a dog. And we hunt for literally about a year before we ever make a tree. Just, you know, these, oh, wow. these, these boys, I, these boys I hunted with, you know, I thought they knew something. I obviously did not. And, you know, they, there was all times excuses what the dogs did tonight, what they did <laughs> tomorrow night, you know, well, as mine, mine made a tree one night. And from then on, we just started training, a few out, things, huh? you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it wasn't nothing great by no means. Um, my dad drove to St. Louis every day, about two and a half hours to work every uh, every day, and uh, he had a little Volkswagen Rabbit car. Got about 50 miles a gallon. Yeah. I didn't have a little truck or nothing once I got 16, so so he would come in from work and let me borrow that car. I'd throw my dog in the back, and I'd go about 20 miles, 30 miles to, to where them boys lived, and, and we'd hunt literally almost every night a week. Well, you know, I had to be home in time so he could take the car to back to work, you know, in the morning. So that's how it got started. And wow. then a few months later, then I, I finally get a, I get a job through school and I buy me a little Ford Ranger pickup Uh-oh. and it just kept going from there, you know? And, um, yeah. and I went to a hunt one night here at my local club, UKC hunt, fell in love with them. Um, very first night I went to a hunt and I remember it, I followed, I ended up following the wrong cast to the woods. Uh, I got out there, I got out there and they're all looking around they said, who are you? And I told them, they said, I think you're supposed to be with such and such cast. So I said, oh, okay. So I was embarrassed and I just drove straight home if you want to know the truth. (laughs) So anyway, that was my first, uh, my first competition hunt. Needless to say, it wasn't too good. But anyway, um, I won one here, won one there and just fell in love with it, you know, and uh, just things went from there and, uh, it's, it's been good and, uh. You know, Lord's been good to me. I can't complain. Well, of course. And uh, about how, oh, well, actually, how old are you now, Eric? 
Um, I'm, I just turned 46. Oh, well, you're a young man. I got you about 30 years exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an old man, too old to be doing this for sure, but uh, I enjoy the heck out of it. And one of the great things about this podcasting is I get to talk to you guys that are out there doing it and, and enjoying it and all that. So, okay, well, let's let's jump in then to how long have you been hunting the PKC hunts? Um, I joined, I'm going to guess probably, uh, I don't remember exactly, but I'm going to say somewhere I was 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would have been, you know, it's been 28, maybe 30 years yeah, at the most, so you've something been, like that. Yeah. I remember, uh, you being there when I was with PKC and, uh, oh, yeah. and the tennis center and all those days that, uh, I always like to look back on and, uh, and, uh, what a great time we had there you know for 10 days in a row when we had the super stakes uh with the the world hunt but uh, it was a good time oh it was a good time that's for sure well tell me a little bit about um well let's do it this way what what do you think was the first really good one you owned um i had several pretty fair dogs you know coming up through life there nothing fantastic but you know dogs with tree coons pretty consistent and you know and i'd win a hunt here and win a hunt there but probably the first honest good dog that i had i had a pup that i started <clears throat> out of rat attack and i i'd sold him to steve rogers and uh steve and darren was, yeah yep steve and darren right. yep yeah they, they live about 45 minutes east of me gotcha and anyway um his name was Rats Jackpot. Mm-hmm. And I sold him to Steve when he was a pup. And uh, the I have had I've had two dogs in my life that run and treat a coon the very first time you ever cut them loose, just like they were three years old. And it was him and Flat Rock Thrasher. And uh, I had Thrasher when he was a puppy as well, too, when I was I was about 16 years old. And uh, well, I didn't know that. Of course, that's a very famous name. And of course, we talk about your handler, Steve Yant, and most people associate uh, Steve with Thrasher. But that's great. I didn't know. I really guess I didn't know that. Yeah, me and Steve got a pretty good story we can get into here in a few minutes. Good, good. But uh, I sold sold Steve Rogers, that pup there, and uh, he was running the Trancones, nine, ten months old. I sold him to Steve, and uh, at the time, I was I was starting to uh, get into a little bit of four wheeler racing and stuff, and my coon hunting was slacking off. Well, this pup was doing good, so I sold him to Steve. Well, in 2005, man, the bug hit me again, and that's all I could think about was going coon hunting, going coon hunting. And uh, Steve, had, I believe, placed him in the in the one year old super stakes, got him in the final three. And uh, anyway, I had bought him back from Steve, I believe, in 2005. And um, right away, got him, got him in the in the top top ten of the Missouri State race. Uh, I may have even won the state race that year. I think I actually did. Um, there was like nine or ten months left to go in the year, and uh, and I come back and won the state race with him. But um, I made him a gold champion. I won about you know fifteen thousand with him. You know, just a little here, a little there. You know, and uh, yeah, he was probably the first really good dog that I had. Are you still there? 
Yes, sir. Oh, okay. So he was your first good dog, you said. Yeah, really, really good was. Dog. Yeah, yeah. Well, he that's a name that anybody in coon hunting remembers very, very well. Uh, and so so did you then in turn uh, sell the dog? Yeah, I sold the dog to, uh, I believe his name was uh, Pete McCutcheon, I believe, out in South Carolina. After the dog got about six or seven years old, I sold him to him. And, um, you know, I'm, I was just all the time looking for something different, something better. You know how it goes. And um, I'd hunted several dogs all the way up through there. But in, uh, in 2011, early 2011, I ended up buying Bebe. <clears throat> yeah. From, from Jason Carey down in Georgia. And um, I took her, got her in the top of the top Missouri state race that year. And then uh, I ended up winning around 40,000 with her. I won the nationals in 2011 with her as well. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I hunted Bay all the way through till she got about six. And I was starting to realize that, um, it was time to, you know, get something else good going. And uh, so I had to, it was tough to do. It's tough to put your best dog on the back burner and start fresh. Mm-hmm. But, but I knew it was time to make a change, you know? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, to get back right before that, um, after I bought baby, it was just a few months, a few months after I bought her, she come in heat mm-hmm. and I bought, uh, and I bred her to bone collector to, to try to make my money back on her pretty quick. Well, made that cross and that's where backwater homer come out of yeah mm-hmm. and uh, that, that that was a real good cross every every dog in there made good dogs um so anyway back to back to baby Bay. um i'd won the nationals with her and um anyway so so i i just put her on the back burner and and uh, started looking for other you know other other things other routes you know because she was getting some age so um I ended up, Steve had Zeb 3 down there and was hunting him. And a uh, little while after the Nationals, she come in heat again, and I bred her to Zeb 3. And that's that's been one of the best crosses ever. you got, you know, threesome world champion, pro division champion, super stake champion. I mean, he's he's won everything out there. And then not just him, but you got you got uh, gold champion wipeout wheels, which is the one I kept from the litter. Um, I, I sold him when he was a two-year-old. Um, you had Zeb Four; he's a silver gold champion. Um, you got the Wipeout Slim Dog gold champion that finished in the top three of the World Hunt two or three years ago. Um, it, it's just been a phenomenal cross, you know, and that that cross done good things. And uh, so anyway, so um, I had I had kept Homer from you know after I bred Bebe to uh, to Bone Collector. And uh, I sold him as a two-year-old too, and then that's that's what I made up my mind I was going to do. Whenever whenever I sold one from from that cross, I would I would start one out of the next litter. So you know, I just basically hunted one of them until the next litter come along, and then I sold that one. Then I would start a new one. It's a good plan. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so anyway, I sell Homer, and then I uh, I start on this this pup out of out of Bay Bay and Zeb three. And I hunted it through there, and like I said, sold him after he, after he was a two year old. And um, in that time period, I acquired a few other dogs here and there. You know, some some other pretty good ones. Done some good winning with here and there. But um, but she she was uh, she was really the the cornerstone 
the anchor of everything that worked out for me because she she came into my life at a time where money was really thin and she she paid a lot of bills here at this mm-hmm. house you know first off yeah. in the hunts and then later you know breeding her you know i mean we we won we won second breeder of the year with the, the zep three cross and uh you know i'm i made a lot of money on them pups from their super stakes winnings and stuff you know and and uh so she was she was a truly blessing to me she she was probably the most influential dog in my life as far as it made a difference you know can we just pause right here and thank jarvis humphers for starting this money hunt game you bet you bet it's <laughs> it's done a lot for a lot of people and that's it sure. sure has it sure that's, has yeah well, you, know, that's you make awesome. hundreds and hundreds of friends mm-hmm. well keep rolling man i'm enjoying this and i know so, our listeners uh, are you bet. So anyway, so I've got I've got baby and uh she's getting up there. She's probably nine years old or so. So uh back to the back kind of to the story with me and Steve. Um I was just a young kid when I had Thrasher and he treated Coon just like I said, the very first night I ever cut him, just like he was a three year old dog. Split split from a grand night female that I had and uh I just went to hunt him every night and coons were thin here this year, that year. And mm-hmm. he's treeing coons every night. I mean, you know, this pup's seven, eight, nine months old, just treeing coons, treeing coons, treeing coons. Well, mm-hmm. I might've been young, but I knew I had something special. I wasn't oh, yeah. completely dumb. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway. And a good looking hound with it. You too, bet he right? was. Sure he was. <laughs> sure he was. Thanks. Thanks change. And I kind of got girl crazy a little bit there. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I wasn't hunting Thrasher much, and Steve and Randy had tried to buy him one other time. So uh, I ended up getting a hold of them, and I, I sell Thrasher to Steve. Well, everybody knows what the, what Steve done with Thrasher, you know. Oh, yeah. So anyway, later on down, to, after after I got Bebe, Steve is hunting hunting hills for Ashley Guthrie. And mm-hmm. uh, Ashley Ashley was aggravated at her. She was She was a young dog, you know, around two years old. And uh, Steve was hunting Ash, uh, hunting hills for Ashley. Now that's hell looking, on hills. The, yes, yes. Okay. Steve Just from my hills. listeners that may not know, uh, you bet. Eric, yeah. Steve was hunting hills for Ashley, and uh, I'd been talking to Ashley about her, and he priced her to me. And I hunted with her one night, and she looked fair. Didn't look very good, but looked fair. And I said, Steve, what do you think about this dog? And he just told me. He said, Well, here's the deal. He said, if you don't buy her tonight, he said, I'm going to have somebody buy her for me tomorrow and I'm going to start hunting her. I said, okay, good enough. So I called Ashley. I told her I'd take her. I bought her. And, uh, you know, within a within a month's time, mm. tweaking a few things here and there, man, she was rolling. I mean, uh, yeah. there were six or seven months left to go in the, in the year for the state race. I started at nothing and, you know, ended up winning around $2,300 that year, I think, won the state race with her. Well, I get her in the top. I get her in the top six of the of her senior super stakes, um, and then in 2015, I win the world championship. With, and ironically, I had never the world championship was always the hunt that I could not get past. I had never doubled up the world hunt. The very first year I doubled up was with heels in 2015, and I go all the way through it and win every cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so anyway. Um, so that, that, that was kind of, kind of ironic, but, um, I, uh, it's fun and and it ain't bragging if you can do it. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. There you go. After that, I won the, I won the, I won the Bear Creek 
the Bear Creek hunt was there, mm-hmm. you know, we we had like I don't remember. I'd have to tally it back up. Twenty seven, twenty eight hundred plus points that week. I mean, just unbelievable. Wow. I mean, yeah. she put on a show Dominic. every night. Yes, I mean, I was I had twelve seventy five one night, you know, and mm. you know she she stored five something a couple nights, seven something a night or two. I mean, just it was an unreal week, you know. But she she was a dog that um, she was a dog that if she was in coons. I'm telling you right now, there was nothing out there that could touch her. I mean, she was just phenomenal. I mean, it, it, it was over with. I didn't care who you drew. They may as well go home. I mean, if she, if she was on, it was, it was just, it was lights out, you know. What but a anyway, confidence builder that is for a handler. It is. Right? Yes. You bet. <laughs> it. Um, I, I'm, I for sure have to have confidence in what I'm packing or else I, I'm looking for a different dog. But, but anyway, you know, Steve, I put th- I put Steve on Thrasher. Steve put me on heels. So after I still got heels and then I ended up acquiring, um, Abby's last trip mm-hmm. and, you know, trip was a gold champion around six years old when I bought him and, um, Steve knew trip, you know, and they had tried to buy him a few years before that they wouldn't sell him. So I got baby and I got trip and I got heels, you know, and, uh, I ended up, I ended up, I sell trip to Heath Johnson and, you know, Steve's hunting him for Heath. So, so I could buy back the thousand dollar Casey female that I'd also had in this time frame that we'd done a lot of winning with. We, we placed her, Steve, Steve placed Casey for us in the, in the one year old super stakes. And then we, we got her in the two year olds, got her in the three year olds. We won pro hunt with her. We, you know, I, I got her in the top four of the Walker championship. Um, just, just everywhere we hauled her, she got into the nationals world. I mean, she, she was a good one. Oh yeah. So anyway, so, so, so I sell Steve and Heath trip. And then the next year, Steve, Steve wins the, wins the nationals with trip. Mm -hmm. And, um, then, and then, you know, Steve's hunting, Steve's hunting farmer for me this year and he wins nationals with him for farmer. So, so me and Steve go back pretty good ways you know i'll yeah. i'll put steve on one and he'll put me on one but it works out perfect it, it has always worked for us because we see the same things in dogs where yeah. that that is in my opinion hard to to get on the same page with somebody on dogs steve can tell me anything on a dog and i don't ever second guess it because the way he sees them is the way i see them and it's the same same way with him mm-hmm. you know with him towards me so yeah. him and I's relationship has always worked good together like that. That's awesome to have a partner like that. You bet. Eric. Yeah, somebody yeah. you can trust and believe in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You bet. Of course, he has a resume, that's for sure. You bet. And, you bet. Uh, he's, he's as good as there is. He is. He's been around. He's solid. Uh, well, you know, so I guess it wasn't a big surprise to, to anybody. Uh, but, you know, there was kind of some big names in this final uh, three at this oh, national yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, let's talk just a little bit. of. Uh, I don't want to miss anything, but uh, are we ready to go into where, how you acquired Farmer and, and how that relationship started? Or yeah, there, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, tell yeah. us that story, if you would. Well, uh, you know, Farmer Farmer's out of the Frogger dog that uh, that Virtual Davis owns. And right. To, um he started Farmer, I believe, and Eric Pyatt got him in the finals. Or no, he won two or three rounds with him as a one-year-old. And then uh, Chris Hardeman down in Georgia bought him. Well, 
I'm I'm good friends with Travis Carlock and Spencer Anderson. Travis used to hunt Casey and Hills for me a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, Spencer Spencer had Farmer, and they had Casey down there too because I sold Casey to to, to Mister Hardeman there. Well, I see. I ended up buying Casey back later. I bought her back a couple different times, you know, in in her existence. But anyway, I bought her back off of them off of the, off of off of them guys and Spencer brought her up to me and um he had farmer and we went hunting that night and i believe we treed 10 singles in about two hours had a had a phenomenal hunt was that hunting and, there uh, at your place yeah uh, about about 45 minutes south yeah uh-huh. okay but anyway um and, and I'd, I'd pleasure hunted with him another time and then uh spencer put him in a few hunts and he won a little bit of money here and there with him well then um <clears throat> travis travis gets him um little while before the world hunt or something and and or after the world hunt i'm sorry and uh, and it's hunting him a little bit and uh and i'm talking to travis because i'm look i've been looking for a dog for a while to buy you know since i don't know probably august or so of last year you know I've, I've tried several dogs bought several and sold them just you know didn't have what i was looking for mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> at first i didn't want to sell him and then uh they, they, bottom line is they just had too many dogs to hunt, not enough people. And uh, finally, they priced him to me, told me they'd sell him. So, uh, so I acquired him, and uh, the dog was uh, the dog was doing pretty good, but he 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 had a little bit of health issues, and um, I I got him over that, got him on the right track, and then uh, got to hunting him, you know, pretty steady, and uh, and had him looking great. <clears throat> and uh, about a month before the super stakes. Um, I got put back on night shift. So here I am. I got, I got a dog. I got all kinds of confidence, faith in, but I have nobody to carry him, carry him to the hunt. Cause I'm working seven days a week, 12 hours a mm. night. And there's no way I can go. So, uh, that's kind of, kind of how me and Steve struck up this deal. We hunted that. We hunted a few nights and anyway, Steve, Steve takes him to the super stakes here about a month ago and gets him in the top seven of it as well. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of how the dog that's how kind of how the dog come from, you know. It was just um, just you know some, uh, and I want to give Travis a lot of credit. Travis, uh, Travis, Travis's last name is Carlock. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Travis. Travis was very influential on on me being able to acquire the dog. Well, being a Frogger dog, and in fact, he looks a lot like Frogger. I think. Do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, kind of about the same size dog and all that. And uh, yep. he's a 2019 model, isn't he? Uh, I yes, think sir. he's like, yeah. Okay, so he, this was his last Super Stakes. This yes, past yes it was. Year. Yeah, okay. Well, all right. So uh, I know that we – I'm going to try to talk to Steve. Uh, I'd message Steve, and I know he's real busy. His phone's probably been ringing off the hook, as has yours, I'm sure. Uh, since this big win, you know, I mentioned this before that I've always thought the PKC National Championship is, if not the toughest, certainly one of the toughest hunts in the country to win just because of the quality of the dogs that are there and how, the, you know, they had to be winners before they got there. And uh, what what's your view on the National Championship? Eric. No, I, I totally agree. I've always thought that, you know, you're, you're hunting against the best of the best. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're hunting with minimum, you know, mostly gold champion dogs, you know, um, you're, you're hunting with the top dogs and top handlers in the nation. And it's, it's, it's a great hunt. 
It's a great hunt. Yeah, it really is. In fact, the very first hunt that I worked with PKC uh, when I went to work there back in 1998, the Nationals was held in Florida, Illinois, there at the fairgrounds, Charlie Brown Park. And, uh, yeah, so, and, you know, and down through the years, I I got to go walk along with several of the big winners and names that the listeners would uh, remember. But this, this is not about me. It's about you guys and your dog. Well, what, uh, describe, um, farmer for my listeners a little bit, if you would. He is, uh, he is a, he is a hustling dog. He, he hunts fast everywhere he goes. Now he's, he's not a straight line hunter. He'll, he'll fly half a mile to your left and then he'll fly a mile in front of you. And then, then he may go back to your left and he's to your right. He just, he hunts everywhere fast, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of always hunting in front of you, but you don't ever know if he's going to be to the left of you or to the right of you in front of you. Mm-hmm. Covers a lot of ground quick. Um, yeah. typically don't stay in one spot very long. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing flashy or fancy about this dog. He just, he's a, he's a, he's a good, honest, right dog. Uh, he just strikes coons, and when he trees, he's got them. That his mm-hmm. his number one strong point is he has a coon when he trees, and he don't he don't do a lot of dumb stuff to give his points away at the end of the night either. He yeah. he keeps he keeps all of his score. You know, um, he's you know he's not going to tree five or six coons a cast. He's going to tree two or three coons pretty much every cast, mm-hmm. but he's going to have them at the end of the end of the ninety minutes or the two hours too. That'll win. That'll win majority of cats for sure. You bet. Well, I know the listeners are going <laughs> to ask this question if I don't. Uh, does he have that frogger mouth, or, or what's he sound like? Yeah, he's got that screaming, you know, kind of a, a screaming, squally, bally mouth on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, opens according to his track. Um, the dog can tree any kind of coon. That's a big advantage he's got, too. Yeah. Um, coons can be on the ground running, lay him up. It don't matter. He can tree any type of coon there is and uh he's also phenomenal in any anywhere you haul him whether it's, it's knee deep water dry cutovers cornfields i mean the, the dog the dog uh the, you know a lot of dogs are good in certain areas where they come from and things yeah. but this 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 dog you can haul him anywhere and he can compete and i think that's another major major advantage he's got right, right. well now was he born uh at let's see where was he born? And then he moved. Uh, I believe up there, Birchall's there in Ohio. Okay, in Ohio. Then he moved down to Georgia at, at uh, Tootsie or uh, yeah, Tootsie's place. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then and then uh, Tennessee and Illinois. He bounced back and forth there, but then between them guys hunting, right? And then here here back in Missouri. Well, he's he's kind of uh, covered the gamut, you know, yeah, of territory. You bet. So must be pretty pretty much at home. Uh, regardless of where you know where you cut him, right? Yeah, he seems to be. I totally agree. Yeah, well, that's just awesome. I'm sitting here looking at the picture that PKC posted up for the final four. Uh, John Strickland and and uh, with this Betty White. Now, this dog. Did you know anything about these other two dogs in the final four? I, th- I didn't know nothing three? about. I didn't know nothing about Betty at all. I knew that. Uh, Stephen and them had, had had change and done a good bit of winning, and mm-hmm. then I believe they'd sold him to Ike Rainey, and they, they'd done a good bit of winning with him, and then Stephen and them had him back. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he had he had a good bit one. He'd been on the road a lot, you know. and uh, but, but actually, I didn't know nothing about right. John's dog, but uh, that, that cast there is as good as you're going to get in the final three of, 
you know, handlers. I mean, oh yeah, they've yeah. they've seen it and done it all. <laughs> that's for sure. No rookies in that crowd. That's for no, sure. it's, no, it's hard for me being on the back burner and not being the handler because I've always been the hunter. Oh you know? yeah, so I with, know. With that. my job situation now, working right. nights a lot and stuff, I'm uh, I've been having to pass that on a little bit. But you know, it's. If a man has a good dog, he needs to get him out there, whether you're hunting him or not. Well, that's for sure. And that's something that I've had to accept with age, Eric. You know, yes, and sir. I've taken some partners on my dogs and and so forth. And so I'm I'm learning to get just about as much fun out of uh, their phone calls and, and iPhone videos and things that I get back from the guys that co-own dogs with me, you know. But I can right. feel your pain, brother. But man's got to work, got to keep the, the – the wolf away from the door, I'm sure. Yeah, but, that's true. Uh, yeah. Well, um, d- anything you remember, were you there at the Nationals for the whole whole show? Yeah. Or, yeah. I, uh, I actually meant to go up on Friday. Um, I got off work that morning and, uh, and wasn't going to have to work this weekend. So I was going to go up Friday, but I'd been, I'd been sick all last week and man, mm. I didn't feel very good at all come Friday. So I, I stayed home and, uh, <clears throat> Got to feel a lot better Friday evening, and then naturally, naturally, when I get the call from Steve that he's in the final Saturday morning, well, you know, oh, that yeah. made me feel even better. So, oh, needless yeah. to say, needless to say, I went over Saturday for the finals. Well, you know, Steve's not a real excitable guy. Uh, no, was he? Was he pumped at all, or was uh, um, he? Steve, Steve's excited for the dog because because yeah. he knows Steve likes this dog. I think, and uh, they. Yeah. They uh, they work good together. Steve's like me. He just likes an old fashioned coon trier. He's not into the nonsense, the barking, the covering. You know oh, this, yeah. that, and the other. He's Steve wants a dog that's by itself and just trees coons, and that that's what I like. And uh, we um, we were very confident going into the Super Stakes that um, that we were going to win it. And uh, yeah, we uh, we had a bad deal happen there on the on the semifinal cast to put us in the last cast and ended up losing. You know, part of it. And then uh, Steve doubles him up at the doubles him up at the, the regional qualifying event there at, mm-hmm. there at Paducah, I believe. And then he won his next two rounds over here. So yeah, he he had a lot of confidence confidence going into it, and um, he was he was confident, you know. Um, but he was, I think, pretty excited for the dog to get him there, you know, because he, I think, him and yeah. this dog get along pretty good. Yeah, well, that's great. That's great. And you know, he's a guy, as have you, Eric. You know, you've put a lot of time, a lot of money, and and really a lot of your life into these dogs and into the sport. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of sacrifice. That's for sure. Uh, oh yeah, and I, I don't think you know we get a lot of new guys. Uh, coming into the sport uh younger fellows a lot of them and and all, and I don't think they really understand you know what uh has the price that's been paid by a lot of you fellows that have been around the game for a long time you know yeah if, if a guy's going to be successful at this you better be ready to be dedicated and mm-hmm. uh give some, have some sacrifices all right you know we talk to young fellas and all and, and there's this concept that well i don't need to hunt the dog during the week i'll just take him to the hunt that's all the hunting he needs and and all you know and i <laughs> i i'm sure you guys would uh, would uh, dispel that notion but uh yeah it don't work very long for you no no well i've always seen steve as a real no-nonsense guy 
you know. Yeah, and, he's, uh, he's a straight shooter. Yeah, he is. He lets you know what he thinks. And that's and, another reason why him and I get along good. Yeah. We're both we're straight as they come, good or bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I just wrote an article in American Cooner magazine about the uh, some things along that line. And, uh, y- you know, you, you don't have to look for shortcuts if you've got dog power, if you do your homework and all. You don't have to worry about the gimmicks and trying this and that to 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 find an easy way to win. You know, the... The best way is to just go out there and out coon dog them. Uh, you bet. That's the way I always saw it. Well, I, I want to see good, good, good dog work at every hunt I go to. And if and if your dog trees one more coon than me, I'm going to shake her hand at the end of the night and say, "Hey, good job, your dog look good." That's that's the way I like to win. That's the way I like to get beat. Well, that's it, and that's the way the pros play, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, anybody some, else? Something else. You talking yeah. about younger people getting into this? I, I I tell a lot of them, you have to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win. And um, mm. you know, it's a lot easier to uh, accept losing. You know, get over it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen a bunch. But yeah. the you know after you accept how to lose. Um, seems like the winning comes along a little easier for you. Well, exactly, and I think that was kind of the message that Jeff Frickliff had after winning that UKC Tournament Champions. He had been uh, in a slump, you know, with his dog, yep. with Hobo there. They hadn't, you know, they couldn't seem to win a cast. A lot of disappointing, you know, 25-point cast wins and, and things like that or, or uh, come up 25 short yep. for the cast win and so forth. But just keep plugging, man. An old fellow that taught me in sales years ago, he says, it's like throwing cow manure on the barn wall, Steve. The more you throw, the more will stick. So you just right. got <laughs> to keep going. Yes, sir. Oh, oh man, what? Uh, I, I guess you've gotten a lot of uh, lot of correspondence here since uh, last Saturday night, haven't you? Yes, I've had tons and tons of calls and texts and messages, and I appreciate every one of them. So thank you. Thank you to everybody out there that contacted us. Oh, absolutely. Have I know it's probably too too early, but I mean, what's your plans for Farmer? Do you do you have any yet or long range plans for him? Or, or yeah, what? right now, right now we're just looking at keep hunting him. You know, try to try to haul into some big stuff here and there. You know, things like that. Um, Steve's been a lot like me as this aspect too. He's not he's not looking to burn one up. You know, running them up and down the road for mm-hmm. for small piddly things. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll I'll hunt him here and there, close to home, at a few little hunts. You know, but m- most mostly mostly we're going to try to keep him on the road and you know take him to some big stuff here and there. Just kind of keep plugging along with him. Right, right. Have you talked to Virtual Davis since you won? Um, I have I have not spoke with him. Yeah. He had he had sent me a message or so, I believe, there, and I talked to him like that. But yeah. um, man, his he's, dog's he's red. Happy about it. Oh, I'm sure he is, and. That Frogger dog is red hot right now in the country. He is. Man. That's what I keep telling everybody. He's one of the hottest things out there. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I, I'm a wipeout dog guy. I like the wipeout line of dogs. Mm. And um, if I was going to go breed to a wipeout dog right now, he'd be at the top of my list. Yeah, yeah. And that, that has nothing to do with this dog. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Just, you know, they're, they're, they're really starting to show up. He don't have a whole, whole lot of pups uh, on the ground. Exactly. But, but but they're starting to show in the winter circle. So mm-hmm. I would highly recommend somebody breeding a frogger. 
I guarantee if I had a good female here right now, she'd come in and I was looking for something, that's where I'd be going. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm sure there's going to be uh, a lot of people will be interested in that with farmers as well because, you know, to get his pedigree on both sides. And uh, uh, do you have any plans to breed him or have you bred him any? Um, no, no, he's not been bred. I've done had a couple of people contact me about it, but um, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not looking. I'm not looking to get into that right now. I'm not going to say down down the road. You know that that will probably happen. But but right oh, yeah. now, right, right now, we're just looking to keep the dog in in some hunts. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll still be looking for him. That's for sure. And uh, I I hope that I'll be able to hook up with with Steve Yant, and uh, we can also get uh, some some recording time in with him as as part of this podcast uh is there anything we didn't cover that we should have talked about eric um well not that i can think of off the top of my head steve well you know i want to get you back because you are a wealth of knowledge uh, you've been there done that as they say and uh, you know i think you're the kind of guy that these uh, guys who are getting involved in the sport need to be listening to and following the example of because, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways and a lot of voices out there that are, are you know, trying to, especially with this Internet and this social media and all that stuff. So good advice and good experience are the kind of things I like to portray in this podcast and, and try to keep it real, you know? Yes, sir. Well, I deeply appreciate your time today, Eric. I know that you've got a busy work schedule and you haven't been feeling good, and I know your phone's been blowing up, but it's been great to talk to you. I certainly wish you nothing but success with Farmer going forward, and we'll be watching him, um, you know, on, for in the winter circle. And uh, what do you know what the next big one you think are thinking about uh, to Honeyman? Well, I think uh, I think we might take him to a few of these pro uh, pro hunt sports that are yeah. uh, coming on. You know, there, right. there's been a few of them we've talked to, so I, I think we're going to try to put Good. in a few of them coming up. Good. And then there's there's a few of them twenty five hundred dollar hunts here and there, and you know we're going to oh, yeah. hit and just sure. just few of them bigger things like that between now and the world hunt. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, that pro sport organization, kudos to them too, Greg and Scott, and and uh, they're doing a phenomenal uh, job. Levi, yeah, they really are, and they've got a hundred thousand dollar hunt coming up here. Uh, yeah, pretty I believe soon for the next world. week. I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, all right. Well, once again, Eric Henry from Chubb, Missouri, uh, owner of the. 2023 PKC national champion wipeout farmer and that's with a ph right eric yeah it's like <laughs> yeah all right well eric thank you so much for your time today buddy uh it's been great to talk to you i hope we can do it again soon very welcome steve thank you all right folks that's once again uh the winner of the 2023 PKC National Championship. Thanks for listening. Well, folks, we certainly enjoyed that conversation with Eric Henry. And, man, we got the man behind the wheel, the guy that held the leash, the guy that uh, uh, did the deed and got the win of the 2023 PKC 
National Championship uh, in the house, Steve Yant. How are you doing, Steve? Doing fine. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine, buddy. You don't have to call me sir. I know you're a respectful man <laughs> and a whole lot younger than I am. But, uh, you know, I used to see you a lot when I was with PKC, and I do see you online. And it seems like I'm, most of the time when I see you, you got a dog sitting there lined up in a final four or final three like that and all. But, uh Steve, I want to introduce you to any listeners that might have been under a rock or something out there and don't know what's been transpiring uh, here lately. But you have won the 2023 PKC National Championship. And I mentioned this with uh, your buddy there, Eric Henry, uh, earlier that I've always thought that the Nationals was the most difficult hunt to win. The reason I think that is because the way you have to qualify and the quality of the dogs and handlers that are there. Uh, do you agree with that or not? It's it's a tough hunt. Uh, we was talking Friday night up there before going hunting, me and some friends of mine. And I told them, I said, look at the cast and look at the handlers that's here. There's not a dog or a handler here that, you really want to draw on a regular basis if you want to win consistently. And it's just, it's tough because all the dogs have did something to get there and you don't find very many handlers. It's their first hunt show up to the nationals. Well, that's, that's exactly the way I view it. And I know from back in my <laughs> PKC days and, and you'd already been a veteran of PKC by the time I came along, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a, a tough one to win is a very prestigious one to win, in my view. And now, how many times have you won it? I've won it twice. Yeah. Okay. You won it with the female before, didn't you? No, I no. won it with a male dog named Abby's Last Trip. That's right. That's right. That's right. The trip dog. I do remember that for sure. Well, tell my listeners a little bit. How old are you now, Steve? Um, fifty-five. Okay, young man. Wow. Man, I got you about 21 years, I think. <laughs> All right. Now. If, I was, if I was on a car lot, though, they'd have a sign on it that said, high mileage. <laughs> well, no doubt you've got the miles on you because I know you've been running around the country with these dogs. In fact, I, last time I actually saw you, was two or three years ago at the, at the PKC World Hunt. I was out with my friend Ed Harrell there, uh, just riding along with him, and we guided your cast. Do you remember that? Yeah. That yeah. was up at, uh, I think it was at Florida. That's right. You're right. Yes. That was at Florida. Well, when you caught, when I saw your number, it says Sykeston, Missouri. And just a real quick little thing. I grew up uh, in West Virginia, but my dad worked over in Kentucky across the river over there at Cavill and uh, at a building a plant over there, and we lived in Charleston. So a big time for us was to get to go to Sykeston. You know, that was where my mom liked to go to shop and so forth. So is, is that still a big time to go to Sykeston? Uh, I mean, it's – I guess it's not for me. I've lived here all my life. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's – I don't know. I think there's probably seventeen, eighteen thousand people here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not, well, it's not a very, not a very big place, but 
Well, I was really surprised, and I, we're going to get to these dogs, but I always run down these rabbit paths, and I'll be real quick. I was watching a documentary on TV the other day, YouTube, about Cairo, Illinois, across the river. That's a ghost town now. I couldn't believe how there's nobody over there anymore. No, but, sir, there's not. Uh, they've had to bridge out. I've, I hunted Kentucky a lot, mm-hmm. and I've had to drive. Cairo a lot here lately and it's it's basically like you said a ghost town anymore yeah that's crazy that's crazy well I can remember those big old river bottoms and my dad there was a local barber there that couldn't hunt it and my dad you know we uh, we just lived out there for about a year and uh, he would go, we'd go coon hunting out there in the big pecan bottoms and stuff, you know. And seemed to be a lot of coon but that you know that's back in the 50s Steve that's a long time ago but, uh, well, listen, let's talk about when, uh, when did you break into coon hunting as far as competition and, and stuff like that? Oh, let's see. I started going to a few hunts. I was 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, your, the- your brother hunted too, didn't he? Yes. I started hunting with my brother, Randy. He got me hunting hunting and. Uh, the first hunt I went to was at Kinder, Missouri. Mm-hmm. I went along with, uh, Bucky Kimbrell was hunting over. It was a UKC hunt. Oh, I remember Buck very well. Yeah. And they were, he was raised in, in Sykeston and him and my brother Randy was good friends. And mm-hmm. Randy was working that night and I rode over with Bucky and we went to a UKC hunt over at Kinder. It was actually three hour cast back then. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I remember those days. You'd get a good, decent score, but you, it was hard to keep it for three hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With it, the dogs uh, I had, anyway. It, uh, the three hours pulled a lot of them out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, there, there was a lot of dogs that could keep it together for a couple hours, but they couldn't do it the whole mm-hmm. three hours. Yeah. Well, when did – so is that about when the competition bug bit for you? you yeah, I went to a couple of them, and then uh, my brother Randy, he uh, he had an old blue dog at the time that was a really good hound, probably the first real good hound that I hunted with that I remember, you know, paying a lot of attention to. And mm-hmm. he, he got into the, I think there were 16 dogs into it. Uh, they had it at LBL. It was a year demon won the. Oh, and Russ yeah. Beller won. Yeah. The, I think they called it the national championship that year, but it was, it was just sixteen dogs that was there held in a big tent over at LBL. Yeah, well, and I went bad. over, I went over there with him, and uh, I don't know. It was just like you, all the dogs and and guys that I read about in the magazines were all there, and mm-hmm. it it was it was quite a hunt even back in them days. They had a big auction and. You know, Jarvis did a real job of promoting back in those days, and I think that's why we're where we're at today. Well, that's interesting that you said that, Steve, because Eric and I were talking about that earlier, and he was mentioning about how, you know, that at, at times the money that he won with the dogs, you know, was really important to him. Uh, you know, but and I said, you know, we in the Coonhound world have a great debt of gratitude to pay to Jarvis Humphers for coming up with what he did and for, for you know, changed the coon hunting world uh, for many, many of us. 
and uh, you know he can't can't say enough about Jarvis. He, you know, it's just like anybody else in a place of leadership. I'm sure he had his critics, you know, down through the years and all. But God bless him for for what he did and for staying the course, you know, with it and all. So, well, what's you, a, you know? Yeah, go uh, ahead. Funny, funny you said that about Jarvis. Jarvis. Uh, he was one of them guys. Uh, he loved coon hunting for one thing. There wasn't, a, there's nobody ever lived anymore than that loved coon hunting than Jarvis Humphreys. I agree. But he was one you could be so mad at him tonight that you wanted to choke him about something or another. And you see him tomorrow and he'd wake up and shake your hand and say, Well, what are we going to do to get over this? And, uh, yeah, it just you know yeah. he uh, he was always good to me when I was a kid, the youth hunts and stuff like that, and I even I even handled a few dogs for him and Paul hmm. Holt and Dale Bolden and them. I handled a couple oh. of them for him and some super steaks and stuff, and uh, yeah. I always looked up to him because every time I seen him, even from when I was a kid, he would walk up and shake my hand and ask how I was doing. Oh yeah. Exactly. He always called me Brother Steve, and I think he called a lot of people that. You know, he'd say Brother this or Brother that. How's it doing, Brother Steve? And I've I've said this on the podcast too. Nubbin Moore and I were over to White River. We were going to town, and the phone rang in the truck, and it was Jarvis calling back to Nubbin, who had called and wished him a happy birthday. But he'd been in the hospital, and I talked to him on the truck. Uh, there and I said, Jarvis, I need to get you on a podcast. Oh yeah, brother Steve, I'd be glad to do that. When, you know, just call me, and I said I will. Uh, you get back home and get rested up a little bit. And do you know, Steve, it was less than a week I think till he passed away, and that's an opportunity I missed, and I always re- regret, you know, that I didn't record with him and. Thankfully, they have some recordings, like when he spoke to the youth uh, championship and and so forth. You know that we can go back and look at. But yeah, he he to call him a legend really is an understatement. I think. Yes, sir. It is. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess most people associate you, or I think they do. Uh, maybe now it'll be a little different. They'll be. Uh, associating you with Farmer here going forward, but uh, the Thrasher dog, what was the history with you and that dog? Uh, me and my brother bought him when he was 10 months old. It's kind of weird. The dog actually come from Eric Henry. Uh, I owned the daddy to the dog, and Jeff Williams owned the, the female he was out of. And he had Thrasher, Eric had Thrasher over at his house running loose. He was just a pup. And the litter mate I had to him out of that litter got killed. And I was wanting one out of the cross. And I went over to Eric's house. And I don't know, Thrasher was probably six, seven months old. And I'd heard that he was treeing and stuff. And I tried to buy him. And Eric said he didn't want to sell him. And then it wound up two or three months later, we wound up getting him. He was about 10 months old, but Eric had actually let him run loose and kind of started him just a little bit. So it's kind of, kind of weird. That kind of come talking. full circle, hadn't it? <laughs> yeah. Me, me and Eric, like I said earlier, before we started recording, me and him, I've got some dogs from him and 
I've been involved in a couple of dogs that he's wound up with that's went on to do a lot of winning over the years. Yeah. Well, he said the same thing, and he said the reason that you guys get along so well, he thinks, is that you're a lot alike, you know. He says, uh, you know, you tell it like it is. You're, I've always uh, respected that in you, Steve. You you, you know, you don't spare uh, uh you know what you're thinking and what you're feeling and your position on things and and uh, I know that you you know you you're a man that stands on what you say and that's to be respected in this world you know it really is not from my conversation with Eric of course I knew him too back in the PKC days but not not well at all but I enjoyed my conversation with him so Thrasher so you got him when he's ten months old. Yes, sir. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Thrasher, because I know our listeners uh, have heard of the dog but may not know. Uh, he was just uh, he was a wild pup that if you ever treat, he'd have a coon when we got him. Uh, I remember me and my brother going hunting a couple times, and he would, he would strike. He'd run a deer, you know. He'd run <laughs> loose so much, he would run anything that ran from him. Yeah, but when you found him, he'd be treated somewhere and have a cane. Hmm. And I don't know. It probably took thirty or forty nights of hunting, and he went from a dog that would run a deer out of the world to a dog you could pull up in the field and turn him loose, and they could be full of deer, and he'd never pull a bark until he got after a coon. How about that? And he just he made an old nonsense coon dog. Uh, hmm. When he barked, it was a coon, and when he treed, you could just you just about write it down. Every time he treed, he'd have one. Oh, man. That's gold today. You'd like to have him back, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, 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 would, he would win today uh, because he didn't make no mistakes, <laughs> and he treed coons. Now, he could, he could tree three or four coon a cast, or he could – go through there a mile and tree that one coon in the cast too mm-hmm. he was a little ahead of his time in that yeah, regard he, uh, wasn't he? yeah uh you know those he was uh him and a few more dogs were the ones that started to me uh were the dogs that started that being off to herself tree in the coons mm-hmm. yeah. and, and win it you know i mean yeah. them older dogs did it the ones that won but uh, when I was younger, you know, I remember going and taking two or three dogs to to get coons treed and keep them treed. Yeah, yeah. You needed you needed one dog that kind of did track work and one that treed and one that stayed treed and all <laughs> that. But yeah, I'm glad those days are over. I don't, I don't like hunting a bunch of dogs at one time. Nah. No, the sports evolved uh, into pretty much one man, one dog, and uh, and they're all at four points of the compass. Seems like when you cut them loose nowadays, but uh, but the thing that always impressed me about Thrasher, of course, I never did hunt with him, but I read about his, you know, his winnings and was well aware. They were such a good looking dog, along with it, you know, he he was a total package as far as I was concerned. Yeah, he he had it all. Uh, I really, I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to kept hunting him. 
I, I made a mistake myself and I hunted that dog for about three years. I hunted that dog about every night hmm. and, and, uh, I give him a break there for a while and bred a few females to him and he just wasn't the same dog after that. He didn't, hmm. he never got mean. He never wanted to follow dogs, but he just wasn't the same dog after that. Mm-hmm. And, I it just, affects them, or at least most dogs it does. I, think. I, I, I really don't know with him if it was the quitting hunting him every night or what. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, he wasn't the same dog. And people would go with me and I'd be mad at the dog. And he's like, what's wrong with that dog? Because he's still three kings. And I tell him, well, he's just, he's not the same dog. <laughs> And well, when you get one to that level, I guess, you know, everybody has a measuring stick in, uh, in their mind, I guess. And, and uh, yeah, well, or, uh, tell the uh, tell the folks what some of his major wins were pretty impressive and in a short period of time, really. Uh, he won. He won both of the super stakes and the one year old and the two year old, which is all there were back then. And then he won a futurity. Yeah. And uh, that's about all a young dog could do, right? I mean, yeah, that was it, that yeah. was about all they could win back at that time. And like I said, I, that dog was hunted in very few casts. Really, uh, a lot of people thought he was hauled all over the place, but that dog wasn't. Uh, when I went to the one-year-old Super Stakes with him, he'd been in one cast. Wow. And uh, he'd won $110 at Paducah, and I think it was a $50 open hunt. Mm-hmm. Just I didn't push him. I didn't want to blow him up. And I don't know. I just, I look back on it. I'd, I'd love to have a dog with his ability one more time, just see what I could do with him mm-hmm. in the hunt there are today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and then you uh, ultimately you sold the dog. Yes, I sold him to George Nash, a friend of mine here in Missouri. I'd sold him before, and it was a big, long, drawn-out deal, and I wound up getting him back. They never did pay me for all of him. And then I sold him to George, and he kept him till he died. Yeah. He bred some females with him. and Mm -hmm. uh, Real nice fella. I knew George would take care of him. He kept the dog in the house, and it Mm -hmm. just... uh, yeah, I knew the dog was going to a good place. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I, there's so much I want to ask you, Stephen. I don't want to keep you all day, but uh, other dogs that you remember that were standouts between uh, Thrasher and now? Oh, I've been fortunate, hunted some really good dogs. Uh, some of them that stick out in my mind. Uh, I got to handle Zeb three. Mm-hmm. He was a great, he's a great hound. Uh, I got to handle Eileen's wild time. Oh yeah. I remember which, her, mm-hmm. which is another one that really sticks out in my mind. Uh, I got to handle I not. Yeah. And help out with her and some of her winnings. Yeah. Uh, and then another know, great hunted, one for sure. Yeah. I've, I've been lucky and hunted some good dogs. I mean, I hunted Eli stone, Mm-hmm. He did some winning. I hunted the nut dog. I hunted for Terry Bush. Uh, and then, like, uh, me and Heath Johnson, uh, Heath bought 
Abby's last trip, and mm-hmm. we bought him off of Eric Henry, too. <laughs> and, you and uh, Eric are, are kind of joined at the hip on this thing, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we like I said, we've we've back and forth on some dogs, and seems yeah. like they've all wound up doing some winning. But and then me and me and Heath wound up winning the PKC Nationals with Trip. Tell me a little bit about Trip. Well, he was a dog that I'd always had my eye on. Uh, I had dreamed when I was handling and hunting the Eli Stone dog, mm-hmm. who was a very good hound. And he was always just a little bit better than Eli. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm one of them when I draw a dog two or three times and they beat me, I always trying to figure out how I can get my hands on that dog. <laughs> And oh, yeah. it just never, it just never worked out. Justin Chisholm had him, and uh, it just, it just never worked out for me to get my hands on that dog. And then Eric wound up with him. Oh, he yeah. bought him. I think the dog was six when he bought him, maybe mm-hmm. six to come seven. Yeah. And I was talking to Heath. We were looking for a dog, and I told Heath, I said, "What do you think if Eric will price that dog?" we get him and me try to run him in just a few bigger hunts and he said well if you want him if he'll price him we'll try to buy him and mm-hmm. i called eric and he didn't really want to sell him and finally he did price him and we bought him and then i wound up yeah i don't know i won about forty thousand dollars with that dog in three or four months mm. and then uh my daughter got sick, and I, I remember I, that, Steve, for sure. I put, that was I a put tough the dog up. Yeah, I put the dog up, and the dog, you know, he just he got the dog got sick after that. He was a dog; he had some health issues, and you had to take care of him. And we hmm. bred a few females to him, but the dog got sick, and he passed away not long after that. What year was that that he won the national, Steve? Do you remember? Uh, two two thousand seventeen. Okay. Okay. And, uh, but we got, me and Heath got a dog together. We called, uh, the jocked up tripping dog. Yeah. I remember and, that. Uh, who named that dog? I often wonder who named that dog. <laughs> oh, it was kind of, uh, his name was Jock when we bought him off okay. of, uh, Kevin Prumer. Yeah. And, oh, and, Prumer uh, boys from Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's, it just, uh, I did good with him. Yeah, uh, you did. I mean, I, I, you got your name called a lot when you were hauling. I played second. Around. I played second in nationals with him a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's been in the top ten of the nationals. Been in the top t- top six of the world hunt. Top twelve of the world hunt. Just wow. What was he out of, Steve? What if he, I hear? He's out of the trip dog on the top oh. side. And the bottom, he's out of a female named Sis that goes back to some of uh, the road trip stuff up in Michigan uh, okay, okay. on the top side. I got you. And, well, you get uh, the trip on both sides there. On it yeah. There. Yeah, that tripping. <laughs> That's cool. It's a great name. Something that sticks out. You know, people remember it for sure. All right. So, uh so you got that nationals under your belt. What? Uh, tell me your side of the story on this farmer dog. How you? He came 
you know, got your attention, how you got behind him, and 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 ultimately uh, take us through the world uh, through the national this year and how all that went for you. Well, uh, I heard about the dog when he was one year old, and Heath is actually Heath Johnson, who I hunt a bunch of dogs for, actually inquired about the dog. Now, where does he Heath to- live for our our listeners? He lives down in Burnsville, Mississippi. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he owns a bunch of good dogs, and I've yep. hunted dogs for him off and on for 20 years now. Really good guy. Hmm. And uh, I don't know Heath personally, but I certainly have heard about him, and and uh, everybody seems to agree with you. Yeah. He's a logger. Uh, he doesn't get to many hunts, but uh, he, he likes to own a good dog and Mm-hmm. Has has some dogs out there in, in the bigger hunts. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we had actually inquired about the dog at the one year old super stakes, and he wound up getting sold. I think Jim Fields bought him. Mm-hmm. And then he got traded around a little bit, and I know Eric Eric wound up with him back in the winter sometime or another. And I called Eric. And asked him how the dog was doing, and he said that he was he was liking him really well. And we went hunting a couple of nights, carried him and Jock, and the dog looked really good. Kind of mm-hmm. stuck out to me. Yeah. And I'd ask. I know Eric's got a job right now. He doesn't his shift work. He doesn't get to he doesn't get off a whole lot when he wants to go to hunt. He's usually working. Yeah, I think I cut into his sleep today. I kept apologizing to him. I said, man, I'm sorry. He's talking about working 14-hour days on a night shift or something. I said, man, that's not good for yeah, a coon hunter. He, anyway. But, yeah, I, uh, me and him got to talking, and uh, I asked him what he was going to do with the dog, and he had talked about he didn't know if he was going to sell him. He said, I think about selling him. He said, I can't really pushed the dog and hate to see the dog go to waste and we was talking about the super stakes and I told him I said well I said if something falls through on the dog that I got lined up I'll give you a holler if you don't care I'll carry him up there and see what I can do with him and wound up the dog that I was going to hunt the boy got off work and he could hunt him so Hmm. I didn't have nothing to hunt at the time and I called Eric and he said well just come get him and that was couple weeks before the spring super stakes mm-hmm. and i carried him up there and i got him in the i guess it was top seven like one yeah. cast being in the final cast and that's, then that's pretty I strong him, i carried him a couple weeks later to the, the national qualifier at Paducah, and i doubled him up on the friday night okay and yeah and so i uh was- Go ahead. I was actually, I told Eric, I said, I'm going to hunt Jock at, up there at the Nationals. He had two nights up at Salem to get qualified. I said, if I get him qualified, Eric was going to hunt Farmer Friday night. I'd hunt Jock, but it wound up I didn't get Jock in, so I had, I just hunted Farmer. Okay, well, turned out pretty good. Uh, What were your first impressions of Farmer when you, had you hunted with him before or did just for that two weeks before Super Stakes? I hunted with him when he was a pup. Okay. And uh, I drew him one cast and he looked 
he looked good. Mm-hmm. And then I actually drew him last year at the World Hunt, and the dog wasn't right. wasn't He was sick or something. I don't know, and he just didn't look right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I knew the talent was there, but and then Eric got him and got to hunting him, and I think everything just fell in place for the dog. Had you hunted any of these? You know, he's quite a quite a phenomenon right now. This Frogger dog, uh, you know, he's he's, and you've really <laughs> thrown thrown gasoline on the fire with this win, I'm sure. Uh, but they're, they're real pop, he's a real popular stud dog right now. Had you hunted with any others out of the, well? I guess you uh, the wipeout side, of course, but. Uh, had you hunted with anything out of Frogger before or hunted with Frogger himself when Eric Pyatt was hunting him or, or maybe that? I hunted with uh, I hunted with a couple pups out of him and I hunted with him and I judged him a couple rounds. It, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh wound up hunting something out of Frogger. Virtual Davis, the man that owns him, right. contacted me about hunting Frogger when he was real young. Hmm. Okay. And that's that's when my daughter was sick, and we were down at St. Jude. Right. And I told Birchall, I said, man, I said, I know you got a nice dog, I'm sure. And, I, you know, I wouldn't care to hunt him for you. It's just right now, I don't know what's going to really be going on, and I don't really sure. don't need the dog here if I'm not going to be able to hunt him. Right. And he wound up later on getting Eric to hunt him, and... The rest is kind of history with that dog. Yeah, he's did real well. Yeah, he certainly has. And uh, well, uh, all right. So, um, what uh, what do you? I don't know where, where I want to go here with this first. I wonder. I want to talk about the dog a little bit from your perspective, but I want to talk about your hunt uh, uh, this last weekend. And for the folks that don't know, we're recording this on Monday, which is just you've only had what two nights sleep <laughs> since you yeah. since you won the national championship. So it's got to be pretty fresh in your mind. But well, just, just kind of take take me into that what uh, that that experience this year, how that how that all came down. Well, I just I've always had real good luck at Salem in the hunts, uh, mm-hmm. and I knew whether I hunted Jock who's did real well up there or if I hunted farmer I knew I had a good enough dog to to do some good if I could just catch a few breaks yeah and uh farmer's a little old dog uh man I've had him here I don't know almost a couple months now yeah and I think the dog's only made like three trees that I haven't seen a coon in hmm that's strong and, and uh, he's just a dog that very rarely makes a mistake. Uh, he keeps his nose clean. He's by himself. Uh, when he trees, he has a king. Yeah, he's not a he's not a babbling dog. He's not a junk running dog. He doesn't he doesn't pack. He just kind of goes at his own marches to his own beat. Does his own thing. And when he trees, he has a king. Does he open much on the ground when he's on a coon? He does. Uh, he will open quick on a hot coon. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a cold track, he doesn't doesn't open as much, just kind of here and there. Yeah. Uh, 
And then he will he trees a lot of coons, just a lot of setting coons. When coons ain't moving, a lot of times he'll just open up trees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh his mouth carry good, you can hear him a lot. He's got a good carrying mouth. Uh it's kind of unique mouth. You never you you don't have trouble picking him out in a cast. He doesn't really sound like other dogs. Well, I and think that you, may be some of that frogger uh trademark, you know, they do have unusual mouths, most of them. Uh, he's a dog that's uh he's he's not the best tree dog in the world. The two's not gonna get him, but he's 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 not a every breath tree dog. Right. He doesn't really he doesn't draw anything into him when mm-hmm. he gets treed. Yeah. And uh he just uh he's not a He's not the kind of dog that, like, you turn him loose. He's no, he don't leave. He's not going to be no two miles in five minutes if he ain't struck. He'll, he'll hunt seven or eight hundred yards one way and kind of back and forth. He never gets his stuff out of pocket. He just stays busy hunting. Yeah. But when he comes across the coon, he, he usually doesn't take him too long to get it tree. Yeah. Yeah. Good track dog, then, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's great. I went to Salem on Wednesday. I was hunting jock uh i carried farmer with me uh, and uh i won early with jock and got beat late so and i went back thursday uh got beat early with jock and uh i'd had farmer in the truck hadn't got to hunt him in a few nights so i took him away and stretched his legs just a little bit and then uh on friday night in the quarterfinals uh which they were all good dogs there. But I drew the Miss B female of uh, Jay Tidwells and Michael Moody had owned and Eddie Simmons was hunting her. Mm-hmm. And I drew the fancy female of Jed Ted Doolins from down in Arkansas. Right. Real nice female. And then I drew a blue tick male. I can't remember his name He's from out east. Anyhow, he looked real good in the cast. We wound up treeing. We hunted over by Flora. Uh, we treed, I think, five or six coons. Farmer treed a couple coons by himself and was treed there at the end of the cast. I didn't have to tree him on it. I didn't didn't have to to win. And then the late round, I drew the hobo dog that Jeff Rickless hunts for mm-hmm. Strickland and them. Yeah. And I drew the crash dog of Dill Murphy's that he hunts for the Heather Island. All right. Bunch. And I drew Ashley Hopkins hunting a little female. So I uh, drew three good handlers again, you know. Oh, yeah, and for sure. We had we didn't have a very eventful cast. Farmer treated coon, uh, crash treated coon, and then drew some minus. And Ashley and Crash's dog made a circle tree earlier in the cast, and Jeff had took some minus. And we were walking there at the end of the cast trying to get back to where we heard Farmer. And uh, anyhow, he was he was treed, and they got to thinking it was Hobo, and I didn't really want to treat him. The only way I could lose the cast was to take some minus, so their dogs were opening and he was treated through there and it, it was hard to hear and you couldn't tell a whole lot about it, but it was him treated and I just let him treat the cast out. And then we went on to the finals from there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so then, so how'd that go? We know the outcome, of course, but oh, I uh, we uh, I saw he won the cast with one seventy five, I believe, didn't he? Yes, sir. Yeah. We uh, we cut loose, and uh, the female John was hunting. Took a hunter strike. I got struck for seventy five, and Stephen Smith got struck for fifty with the chains dog. And uh, they beat around in there, and mine wasn't opening a whole lot just here and there. And John's little female got treed, and we were walking up the road, and Stephen's dog come into us. I don't know what, something spooked him. I don't really know what spooked the dog. And anyhow, we walked into John's female, and she was treed on a big tree. They didn't, didn't find a cane, a circle tree. And we walked out to cut her loose, and... Uh, about the time we get them cut loose, farmer gets treed over here left-handed in the woods. I don't know, he was a couple hundred yards. And we went to him and he had a coon. Mm-hmm. And then Stephen had treed change while I had treed when we were running the time down on farmer's tree, way to the right around the edge of the woods. And I, I really wasn't paying no attention to it. I was focused on my dog and getting him handled and anyhow we went in and scored a coon and we come back out and we put the time on change and the two got him he had moved and then john's female had got way across the field there was a there was a big bar way across there and you could hear the music from the bar better than we could hear our dogs <laughs> oh my. well that's some big flat country around salem there were, were, were you hunting just out of town there or did you have to go away no we were back over we were back over east of centralia in a big bottom okay. over there uh yeah i'd hunted in that area before mm-hmm. it's always good hunting big flat hunting but anyhow we were struggling to hear dogs and we finally did hear john's female and he got her treed and we walked a long ways through there i mean I don't know how far it was, probably seven, eight-tenths of a mile across fields. Mm. And we, we get to her, and she's got a coon. I'll see the coon before we ever get there. I mean, you look up, the coon's just looking at you. So he gets her handled, scored, and then we go walk. We walk way back the other way to where we last heard change at. And uh, we got up there. I think there was like 13 minutes to go in the hunt when we finally got to back to where we'd last heard him at. And we ran the six, and the six caught him. So he took a minus, and mm. then they tur- turned John's little female loose. And she got struck again and just trailed the hunt out. That's kind of how it ended up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I didn't get to to see the final or the play-by-play until after it was all over. I'd taken a trip uh and uh, then, of course, Mother's Day this weekend and all that. And uh, but, uh, wow, man, that, that that's great. And you know, to me, uh, it's always good to see you guys who've been around for a long time, who've been major players in the game. It's just like when I interviewed Jeff Rickless after that TOC win. You know, Jeff's paid his dues. He's been around, been around the game a long time. And just to see you guys, and I know, uh, you know, you've got a good reputation. You've not been guys that have done it the wrong way. 
Competitive, yes, absolutely. It's a competitive game. But uh, I, I was glad for you, buddy. I really was. And it's, uh, it's great to see that. And uh, do you have plans to handle uh, farmer going forward? Uh, I'm going to hunt him a few bigger hunts this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. The jock dog I have that me and Heath have, he doesn't take the hot weather real good. Okay. So I know he lives don't. in the wrong part of the world, <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> well, have you just, got him there at home? Yeah, I keep yeah. him uh, with me. Uh, okay. He just, he just doesn't, he just doesn't. He's like some dogs. He doesn't do as good in the hot mm-hmm. summer. And yeah, I've never, I've, we've never pushed him in the summer. We always wait till it cools off, winter, fall, winter time, mm-hmm. and yeah, try to roll him. Yeah, yeah. So my buddy that I co co-own a little dog with a little plot dog we've been having some fun we haven't done a whole lot in pkc yet but we're planning to but uh he calls it playing odds you know he he likes to try to see you know what dogs he's draw uh, or at the hunt and all when you're hunting a pup you know you kind of got to be careful with stuff but i you guys know the game. You know it inside and out. You know you're always thinking. You're always planning, and I think that makes the difference. What do you think makes a good handler uh, today in coon hunting? Do you have an opinion on that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you, it's something you can you can tell a young person. You can give them the rules you can tell them how to do all the rules you can tell them how to apply all the rules the main thing to me of being a good handler is knowing the rules and knowing that dog Mm -hmm. and uh to me i don't know i've always been one i don't like to pleasure hunt with a bunch of other people i don't like to hunt if i'm trying to get ready for a big hunt i've I hunt with very few people and very few other dogs. I like to focus on my dog and, you mm-hmm. know, maybe hunt them with a dog or two here and there just to make sure you get everything right. But mm-hmm. I'm not big on going with a big crowd and all that. I like to focus on my dog and, you know, trying to learn my dog and know every bark in that dog. And it, it pays off for you if you do your homework. Well, that's for sure, and and we kind of beat, or I have beat this horse to death. But so many guys, uh, and I don't mean I get I get some criticism sometimes. They say you talk down to these young hunters or new hunters. I don't mean to do that at all, not at all. I just want to encourage them. I really want them to enjoy the sport and have a lifetime of of enjoying it. But get your nose out of that screen. Listen to that dog. I think will help more of them. And, and like you say, you got to be out there with that dog. I mean, you can't you can't uh, sit on the couch five days a week and go to a hunt and expect to have a, a winter, can you? No, I, and I don't know. I uh, I grew up hunting with some guys that were always real successful. I mean, when I was younger, I hunted with Ronnie Bone a bunch. I hunted with Dave Roberts. Mm. A, bunch, uh, a bunch of them guys I used to mm-hmm. go up and at Mr. Clyde Treadwell's house mm-hmm. and you showed mm-hmm. up at his house there would be anybody from Dave Jeevers, Dwayne Green uh, Russ Beller, any of that crowd would love to be there hunting mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they had the best dogs, and they was the best handlers. Yeah. And just oh, and yeah. they were always good to me. I learned a lot hunting from them men. Uh, some of it good, some of it bad, but I, a lot of my techniques and stuff that I do with dogs, I learned from mm-hmm. hunting from some of them guys. And let's say you got an education and a well-rounded one with all those names that you met mentioned. I've hunted, I think, with all those guys that you you just mentioned, and they were fierce competitors. They were guys that they didn't go to have a good time and slap you on the back. They went to win. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just, I, I mean, even back then, my brother Randy used to go to some of them PCA tour hunts. Mm-hmm. And back then, there was no spectators. Right. I mean, they weren't allowed. Mm-hmm. And I was a young kid, and some of them guys knew that I was ate up with coon hunting. And they actually let me go on a few casts that were no spectators allowed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look back on it, and uh, it just kind of fueled me to always do what them guys did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that you're a competitor. You've always had that reputation, Steve. And uh, But uh, I think you've, you've done it uh, within the rules, and you've... Obviously, you know, been through a lot of major, major events with no problems. And uh, so anyway, there's that. But, uh, yeah, you know, having good mentors, and we talk about this too, is very important to a new or younger hunter. Find somebody that's successful. I told Larry Meeks one time, I said, Larry, my whole life, my whole career, I've enjoyed associating with successful people and he said well steve you've been successful i said well in in a way but i've always wanted to 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 associate with winners associate with people that have done it right whether it's in business or whatever because that's who that's what you those are the people you want to learn from you know, you don't you don't want to pick out the biggest loser in the club and follow him around all night you know yeah, that's, that's great. Steve, well, you've had, and you say you're 55 now. Is that what you said? Yes, sir. I'll be 56 in August. Ah, Steve. Well, you've got a lot of years left in you. you uh, I don't know. I, I've had a lot. I've had a lot of, I've had hip replacement, and mm. I was in a wreck back years ago, and it busted me up pretty good. And mm. Some of these casts, it's like, wow. <laughs> It, yeah. it helps to have a good dog to kind of keep your mind off of things, but some of these casts mm-hmm. anymore, I struggle keeping up on and things like that. But. Well, I can see that because the way the dogs hunt today, and I was just beginning to see some of that, you know, when I was uh, still act, out there actively judging and, and hunting my dog. I liked when I went to PKC because I got to hunt, uh, you know, uh, UKC wouldn't let me do that. I couldn't hunt in the UKC hunts. But uh, I began to see these dogs that were in there, you know, three-quarters of a mile or so and in different directions and all that. But I was a younger man, and I could always walk, you know, coming out of the mountains. But I can't do it anymore, Steve. You know, it's it's not forever. So I want you to enjoy it as long as you can. And uh, because there were, <laughs> unfortunately, there will come a time when those, it's just not possible, you know, to 
to walk like you once did, but I'm glad that you're still able to enjoy it. How did the story with your daughter uh, work out, Steve? She's doing, uh, she's in re- what they consider or would call remission. Yeah. She has a type of leukemia. There's no cure for it. You just got to keep it at bay. Uh, I see. We're doing good with the cancer. She has a lot of trouble. The steroids in her treatment messed up a lot of her joints. And oh. uh, mm. she's, had, she's had numerous surgeries with that. And actually, she has one coming up this summer. But she's uh, she'll be a senior this next year. Oh, awesome. Uh, God bless her. Yeah. I was thinking yesterday uh, when I won the world or won the nationals with Trip. It was on a Sunday night. The finals cast was, mm-hmm. and Monday I had to take her to the doctor to get her blood pulled. She had been sick, and they they called it the flu and everything, and that he really didn't know what it was. And then everything come back bad on her blood work, and mm-hmm. next day we found out she had cancer. So. Yeah. Went in the Nationals this year. I've just kind of had that in the back of my mind. Oh, boy. Well. You know. Yeah. Well, you go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, and a lot of people don't understand that it can happen quick. Yeah, well, I certainly. And, and when it comes to family, but you know, that that's got that's the most important thing in life, no question about that. But uh, – well, thank goodness uh, that she is uh, in remission. And uh, did she go to St. Jude to uh, Memphis? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, we were down there. Uh, she got diagnosed in St. Louis at Children's Hospital. And then we went to, from there, we got referred to, we got a referral, luckily, and got in at St. Jude there at Memphis. And mm-hmm. we were down there about six months the first time with her first part of her treatment and then off and on ever mm-hmm. since then and uh, man that's a great place that's a- Steve I can't you know I can't experience it on your level you you know St. Jude Hospital like I could never imagine but I've been there twice when I was with AKC and we uh, got the St. Jude Hunt there in Parsons, Tennessee, and we participated in that fundraising effort, and God bless those people. I think it's over four hundred, or over four million that they've contributed now to St. Jude through that hunt. But I went there twice, and it it will make an impression on you for sure to see the work that those people do and the dedication of the people there and all. It truly is an amazing place. It's a, it's a place if it doesn't do something to you, there's, there's something wrong yeah, with you. You're a stone. <laughs> you're a rock. If you can. I've actually, I've been wanting to, I haven't got it pulled off yet, but sometime within the next year or two, I've been wanting to put together a big St. Jude hunt through PKC. Yeah, that'd be and awesome. Hopefully in a few years coming yeah. up, we can get one put together and have a big hunt. Uh, I well, know they've been good to my family. Oh, absolutely. And I will tell our listeners out there, if if you're looking for a place for a charity, something you want to, to you've got some extra funding that you can contribute and you want one that absolutely is worth your investment in every way, you know, 
St. Jude, for sure. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Memphis, Tennessee. If you ever go there, it'll change your life. There's no question about it. Well, Steve, it's been great talking to you, partner. I know that to take this much of your time uh, this close to to a busy weekend has probably been tough, but I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and uh, and certainly wish you a lot of luck going forward. I'll be out here reading the you know uh, the results and hopefully get to go down the to the World Hunt this fall. I'm I'm planning to. I like to go there with Ed. Uh, uh, Harold, you know, Ed's, Mr. Ed's up in his 80s and he's still guiding casts uh, yeah. out of Florida there. And I like to go with him, right? Of course, he and I probably nap more than we talk on those late rounds <laughs> sitting in the truck, but uh, just a great time. And anything that I missed that you'd, you'd want to want to tell the people out there? No, just I uh, want to thank my good friend Eric Henry for trusting me with the dog and, uh, mm. You know, me and him has been friends a long time, and it's it's nice to be involved with something like this hunt and uh, do it with a good friend of yours. Yeah, and, I enjoyed tremendously my talk with Eric here uh, today, and uh, just just a great guy. And uh, well, I certainly wish you. I got a little bit of an investment in this thing here. I got a little uh, frogger pup, <laughs> a female. And uh, my buddy Keston Jesse and I have one together up there. She's out of a Lone Pine female and all. And she's a track dog right now. She loves to run tracks, and she's not bad trashy. She hasn't come on very strong on that treeing yet, but uh, we're hopeful. But, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't all make it, though, do they? No, they don't. Uh, I know some of the pups that I've really, really wanted when I got them here is six months later i'm wondering why i got him here to start with <laughs> yeah it's a it's a game of chance that's for sure that's for sure well steve yant sykeston missouri handler of wipeout farmer 2023 pkc national champions it's been great visiting with you steve wish you a lot of luck and i appreciate so much your time today all righty thank you sir All right, we'll see you down the road.